0: This film has been modified from its original version. It has been formatted to fit this screen. Welcome to Syndicated Cinephiles.
1: Hello, and welcome to Syndicated Cinephiles, the podcast where we talk about movies that you've seen a million times because they were on TV when you were a kid. Today's guest is the wickedly talented Priscilla
0: Torres hello what up what up <laughs> so happy to be here oh my gosh you sound so professional. <laughs> oh thank
1: you i mean i have done a three of these things so far like not She's to brag experienced <laughs> i mean call me mark Marin over here um yeah uh welcome to the show priscilla thank you so much for coming on what movie did you pick today
0: so I picked the one
1: and only Twister. Twister, 1996, mm-hmm. directed by Jan de Bont,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who I just clicked on because I was like, Jan, female director? No. no. Jan de Bont.
0: that guy. No. Yeah. Well, apparently there were like scheduling conflicts, the trusted source of Wikipedia, Steven Spielberg was originally supposed to direct this, but I think there were a scheduling things, So that's why he just backed up and he was like, I'll just exec produce.
1: That totally tracks because the screenplay is Michael Crichton, who did Jurassic Park. That is so crazy. Well, okay, I, I need to hear the story from the beginning. Like, when was the first time you saw this movie? Paint a picture for us if you can remember.
0: The first time I watched this I was definitely somewhere between five and seven. I think those years are always fuzzy. They just are all pushed together. But sometimes... You,
1: you were the age of young Joe at the beginning?
0: <laughs> I was young Joe. Alexa Vega is my <laughs> alter ego. Um, <laughs> no, I was young. And it's, it's so funny because I pulled out... We have it on DVD. I still have the DVD. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I pulled it out the other day because I rewatched this thing twice. But um, <laughs> when I pulled it out, I was like, oh my gosh, I can. You know, when you look at something and you're like, I remember seeing this as a child, so I'm having mm. this kind of deja vu moment almost of, of looking at the cover of this DVD and yeah. seeing the the tornado and Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt are like blurry because they're running away. Yes! Um. <laughs> but um, yeah, really young. To this day, I don't understand my parents' obsession with disaster films. <laughs> mm-hmm. They have definitely have a little bit of an obsession with disaster films because it's kind of been a recurring thing for my family to watch. Like, Every few years, the next big thing that comes out, like, I think the most recent one was Deepwater Horizon. Is that the name of that movie? Do you remember that one? (laughs) Mark Wahlberg, (laughs) Gina Rodriguez. Who am I kidding? I know you don't know these movies. (laughs) Anything that has, like, Blockbuster attached, you're like, no thanks. (laughs) Clocked. Clocked Um. as a snob. (laughs) Yeah, but anyway, point being, I was really young, and I honestly couldn't tell you if it was off of the DVD or watching it off of TV that was the first time. It probably was Mm -hmm. the DVD, just because we have it, but young and, like... This isn't scary, but I think the fact that disaster films kind of veer on that, this could actually happen, this could genuinely (laughs) hurt
1: somebody. I (laughs) I think this movie's scary for a young child. Like, I think if I saw this before I was like 10 or 11, I would have definitely been scared, especially at the beginning. The beginning is like really scary if you're a kid
0: yeah i was definitely scared of this film as a kid
1: i can imagine it kind of makes sense like the 90s had a resurgence of like the genre of the disaster film in the type of way that like you know trends are like cyclical and it's like 20 years things after 20 years become nostalgia because like the first mm-hmm. wave of disaster movies was in the 70s i think were your parents like getting any of those movies because both of priscilla's parents are not from the u.s were they were they consuming like just just so we (laughs) established priscilla torres is first generation american um do you know if your parents were like getting those kinds of movies in their home country when they were like kids
0: i honestly don't know i feel like it's one of those things where if you're a quote-unquote foreigner the big budget films are the ones that you're probably gonna see because they're more Mm. likely to like be translated or be accessible in those countries and I think that that's something that's apparent just based off of my parents' like <laughs> viewing history. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of the films that they're big fans of and most familiar with are big blockbuster films. So, I don't have an actual answer, but, <laughs> but I will say, I don't know, I, I'm sure that their first time watching those films had to be here, because my, yeah. mom, my mom came here in, like, 94, 95, before it was even mm-hmm. out, and same with my dad.
1: So, if your mom came here in, like, 94, 95, then this was her first couple years of living here that she saw this movie? That's mm-hmm. so cool.
0: Yeah. She's probably like, yeah. oh my gosh, American cinema. This is what it is. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's action. I mean, th- that's such a huge indicator of my m- my mom's favorite kind of movies, because anything that's not action, she's like, yawn.
1: <laughs> that is so funny. For those of you who know Priscilla Torres, you know she's rom-com queen. I guess I've never <laughs> asked this, but does your mom like rom-coms or no?
0: Not really, no. she's She finds them boring. She finds rom-coms boring. Anything that's slow. Yeah, my parents... I don't even know this is a deep (laughs) deep dive now into my cinematic like upbringing (laughs) but I don't know what started I feel like I don't want to veer off topic too much but I feel like the earliest memory I have of watching a rom-com is 13 going on 30
1: Mm -hmm. Um, and that
0: was kind of like my introduction but my family big action people and so it's just so ironic. To- it is. And it's not that I don't like action. Like, I do like action movies. Um, they're not necessarily the things that I gravitate to at the theater or television. But mm. I don't dislike them. It's just ironic. Because yeah. even my brother oh. is the same way. My brother is, like, born and bred of my parents when it comes to mm-hmm. loving action. And then I'm just the the oddball. The oddball <laughs> who still
1: likes, like, maybe the most popular genre of film, too. <laughs> i know i'm so unique (laughs) (laughs) honestly um so when you did watch this on tv at some point when you were a kid do you remember like what channel it was on you guys had cable when you were a kid right
0: yeah probably around seven or eight is when we got it because we had like just moved no wait this is before i moved out of the suburbs or no out of the city fun fact we were like living at the basement of like church members <laughs> by uh oh. or people from our church at the time and we had lived mm-hmm. there for probably like four years mm-hmm. and so I remember that was like the first time getting Comcast and being like oh my gosh I have Cartoon Network I have Disney oh Channel because I remember people at school talking about these channels and me being like well I have um Channel oh, 7 <laughs> Channel like, five. I watch PBS <laughs> Kids <laughs> you watch Saturday mornings uh, on the U <laughs> because that's oh, what I yeah. watched Watch like um, recess on like ABC Saturday yes, mornings or and like yeah. whatever generation of Power Rangers was playing, but yes. um, yeah. So when we got cable, HBO of course being I think HBO was the only thing that came with my cable because if you know with with Comcast every additional channel you'd get you have to pay extra so right. was, like Stars or Cinemax or whatever and we would yeah, always have mm-hmm, we'd have HBO for sure. So I feel like HBO was one of the first times I had gotten to see it on tv
1: that's amazing that's like also i had alex on here for pre- previous guest alex friedman um and he was talking about how his family like always had all the premium channels all the time
0: oh my like, gosh they always had
1: showtime <laughs> and stars and cinemax and hbo and like i got a taste of that when I was like fifteen, we changed cable packages and we got maybe like a year or two of all those channels for free. And then eventually they jacked up the prices and we had to get rid of them. And I was like so sad. Even though I was like sixteen, I was still like, What do you mean we don't have HBO anymore? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh,
0: it's like my losing gosh. a friend. What a life, honestly, because all all that's coming up in my mind now is every time I try to watch a movie on demand, and if it was Starz or, or Showtime, the thing coming up like, uh, edit your premium channels <laughs> oh every single time and being like... <sighs> man I can't watch like I don't know whatever movie I wanted to watch that was on stars it was unfair so I can't imagine
1: I still get that when I get home when I go home sometimes because my parents still have cable and there's some random channels that they don't have but it's always like waffling between whether they have them or not like they're mm-hmm. not showtime but they're like high up enough that it's like do we have the Sundance channel I don't know <laughs> and so there will always be some random movie that I'm like yeah I'll watch the last half of Fargo and then I click on it and it's a blue Black screen, screen that's like blue
0: screen you you
1: don't have access to this i'm like
0: god damn it that's so and i could
1: just watch fargo on whatever streaming service but i'm like i guess i'm not watching fargo like i literally could (laughs) i could just look it up yeah
0: you could now but back then i say back then like it was so long ago but like what (laughs) ten years five ten years ago uh easy to just like flip through channels or like click on guide how often do we click on channel guide anymore
1: yes yes definitely so When you watched this movie, it was probably on HBO. And then I assume, since your parents liked this movie, this was something that you'd turn on and everyone would kind of be like, sure, yeah, we'll watch part of Twister or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: When was um, the last time... Before these two previous viewings, which, by the way, of course you'd be the only guest to like watch it twice.
0: You're such a I'm an over-achiever. overachiever! I'm an overachiever, and I'm she proud. said I was
1: valedictorian.
0: <laughs> yes, I was. Yes, I'm watching so *Twister* know. twice, <laughs> just so we all know. Uh, listen, I had to watch it like no agendas, like just like mm-hmm. watch it, and then the second time around, I was able to have questions in mind.
1: Mm. And you
0: pick up on things (laughs)
1: watching it twice. True. So when was the last time before these previous viewings that you had seen it?
0: The last time I saw a scene from this was when we watched... Were you in that in film history when we watched yeah. th- when we watched the opening of this movie? Um Yeah. I couldn't tell you I, I wanna say the last time I saw this movie in its entirety, I had to be like fifteen, at least ten years ago. But the last mm-hmm. time I watched a scene was when we watched the opening in film history. Shout out to Carrie Elza, one of the best humans to ever exist.
1: <laughs> Shout out. We took her film history courses at <laughs> UW Stevens Point. God bless Carrie Elza. Is this movie like in your top one hundred, you would say?
0: I would say in the sake of nostalgia probably. I mean it's not mm-hmm. like one of those movies that I'm like, "Hey guys, let's watch Twister." I love <laughs> Twister. Let's just throw it on. That's it's not the vibe with this movie or like something that I would initially want to watch. But I think in terms of movies that kind of have a like a place in my in my heart, in my yeah. in my um cinematic folder, it's it's definitely in top 100. Probably, like, the latter, like, 50 through 99.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think like, top 100s are allowed to be biased like that. But you're not saying, like, these are the 100 best movies. These are just Mm. my 100, like, faves. Yeah. They are not amazing or whatever.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: I had only seen this movie once before. I watched it, I think, a year ago, maybe? Really? And I, I don't remember why. I always knew that you liked it. So it had always been on my list, but... I was going to ask what prompted
0: it, do you think?
1: Um, I'm not sure. It was, it was when I was living at the old apartment and I think I had just finished watching all the AFI movies. And so I was just like looking for stuff that I thought was culturally significant that mm. was streaming somewhere. And then I think that had been on my list and I was like, yeah, I'm going to earn Priscilla points for this one. <laughs> This is one of Priscilla's faves.
0: Oh, my gosh. Fun fact for everybody. Madeline actually has lists for each individual friend and what movies they recommend her. Like, it's not even just a big list of movie recs. It's like divided up, categorized, categorized by friend. That's how how much of a film buff she is. I highly recommend doing that
1: (laughs) purely because I do love not only recommending movies to people, but I love getting movie recs from people and just being there's just too many to remember, especially when you're friends with people like we're friends with people like Mm -hmm. all of our friends are fucking movie dorks. And so Mm -hmm. everyone's giving you like 10 recommendations a month and you can't keep track of them. So... Yeah, for those of you who use Letterboxd, I recommend taking advantage of the lists and making lists for all your friends. It's fun.
0: I mean, I'm sure it definitely kind of opens up this path into someone's personality just because you have you have an idea of all their all their tastes and movies.
1: Totally, totally. I mean, on on your list, the other one that the most recent rec that you gave me that I watched was Real Women Have Curves, mm-hmm. starring America Ferrera. Yes, and that important movie was film. So, yes, yeah, <laughs> so fucking good. And it's totally one of those movies, too, where I don't know that I ever would have clicked on it just like seeing the cover of it, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, I'd be like, well, this movie has basically nothing to do with me. Like, it is not about my experience as a white girl in the suburbs at all, but God damn was that such a good movie and such a good performance from her so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. highly recommend listening to your friends when they give you movie recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um from the last time that you watched this movie which was roughly when you were 15 did your opinion on it change at all or was it still you felt the same about it overall?
0: I mean, I don't know that my opinion of it changed. I feel like gosh it's gonna sound so like theater school film per like it's just gonna sound vomit but <laughs> i do think that when you come out of training and spending time understanding story structure and world building and all this stuff from things like screenwriting or even just going through the developments in cgi it it yeah. helps you respect respect those things a lot more watching it back but I think also too it makes you realize how far we've come along because Mm -hmm. the first time I watched this back with my mom and uh, we had all the lights off it was very like movie theater esque and I was like what is this CGI (laughs) (laughs) in in like almost the is this the
1: opening shot where it's the satellite above earth I was like ooh
0: (laughs) okay (laughs) ms paint literally like the dark abyss every time the clouds start twirling i'm like oh my gosh who edited this on imovie
1: (laughs) i i have to know by the way like i don't know if anyone's ever written an essay debating you know how realistic this movie is which i'm sure a lot of it's not but how many fucking tornadoes (laughs) are bound to happen so close together okay. in the same, like, 10-mile radius. There's,
0: like, seven to eight tornadoes in this movie, yes. if not more. That was Oh, my gosh. That was another thing that I thought about uh, re I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, how many times are they going to miss? <laughs> how, many, how many times? We only got four Dorothys, man. <laughs> um, Yeah, so CGI, watching it back, like, CGI I was like, whoa. And then also, gosh, the... The corny personal lives, relationships that we try mm. to intertwine in the midst of life or death scenarios. <laughs> yes, so <laughs> rough. I know. So I, rough. I know
1: we've we've already gotten this far, but do you want to give us like a very brief synopsis of this film for those who have not seen the movie?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we open with a young a young Helen Hunt, played by Alexa Vega, who is who is Latina.
1: <laughs> Latina woman can do anything. <laughs> They can
0: play rose up and becomes a white woman. Um, but we open with her, and this all takes place in Oklahoma, and a tornado's about to come. There's, like, a tornado warning on screen, and her dad and her mom are rushing her to the, like, little bunker? Like, what is it supposed to crack? Like, a,
1: sto- a storm cellar, you'd probably yeah. call it.
0: So, like, a storm cellar, and... <laughs> I'm sorry. I should not laugh. This is such a dramatic it thing is, to watch it in is the first a, time. It, it,
1: is. <laughs> it is kind of a hokey opening because, number one, they leave the fucking dog. He, they do. They he's have, about to leave the dog. <laughs> like, one of them, her parents, one of them is carrying her. Mm-hmm. The other one is the dad, and he's just running. Arms open. He could definitely carry the dog. And the dog's following them. It's like a small fucking schnauzer, <laughs> like terrier. <laughs> she
0: had to call him. She's like, Toby, Toby.
1: And look we are both from the midwest like you and Uh i have both experienced tornado warnings and shit and Mm -hmm. had to go to the basement at some point yes we bring the dogs come on i I force my dog down the stairs every time that happens. he's like not allowed to go downstairs and we'd have to get him down there and he would hate it and we're like no we love you so like i'm just being like yeah he'll get in the cellar what the fuck was that oh my
0: gosh i when i lived uh in like deep northwest burbs we had a house that it was kind of like a split level so like the bottom level of it is pretty much partially, like, underground, and then the top half is, like, kind of, like, first floor and a half. Yeah. And so we didn't even have a basement. We'd have to hide in this this closet, like, underneath the stairs of a closet. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. uncomfortable. Um oh, man. Quick sidebar on that. But, um, her dad's trying to hold the door of the shelter, and he's like, I can't hold on any longer. <laughs> like, trying to hold on. I'm like, dude, why are you... Ho- Hide! Hide with (laughs) you! Hide with you! (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah, biggest plot hole
1: in this whole movie is that he gets sucked into the tornado because he's holding onto the door and the door gets sucked up. Meanwhile, the mom and the daughter and the dog are are fine. fine They're fine. Because they're not holding onto the door. So literally all he had to do was let go. (laughs) I don't know why this
0: door is so precious to him. No, it was rewatching that. I was like, wow. Um, So yeah, that's the beginning. And then we time jump and Bill Paxton plays Helen Hunt's husband but they're separated. And he's driving over to her to get divorce papers signed, and um, you find out that they were a bunch of storm chasers together, and basically throughout the movie is them trying to get this device that is supposed to put all these sensors within the tornado, They, they have to get the device that Bill Paxton had originally made the kind of prototype of, and Get these sensors into the tornado. The whole point being that they can advance tornado warning systems. Mm-hmm. And intertwined in all that is Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt's like rocky separation. And like all of her friends love him, and so did he also break up with all their friends while separating from her? Because none of them mm-hmm. seem like ill towards him. It's just so funny the way that you have this serious He like
1: he left the Storm Chasers when they got separated and then he became a weatherman, correct? Because a couple of times they're like blah blah blah, weatherman, and he's like, Don't call me that. And it's like you are (laughs) You are a a weatherman. What else
0: would you call yourself? (laughs) The
1: the way they act like it's a slur. It's like so funny. (laughs) He gets so mad when they call him that. Oh my gosh.
0: That's basically and then you have a little bit of his fiancé. I don't think I brought that up. He brings along his fiancé when he's trying to get these divorce papers signed by Helen Hunt mm-hmm. and then his fiancé gets sucked into all of the storm chasing nonsense. It's comical.
1: <laughs> yes. Played by played I was like, "Why do I recognize her? Played by Jamie Gertz from The Lost Boys."
0: <laughs> get out of here. She's no. like the
1: girl from The Lost Boys that the main guy the falls girl. in love with.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she plays the the new wife that Bill Paxton is trying to marry and then of course he falls back in love with Helen Hunt so he can't get married to Jamie Gertz.
0: This all happens in 2 days. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it all happens like I in didn't even clock days. that. I
1: thought it was like 2 weeks.
0: No, it's definitely like 2 days. <laughs> they don't even sleep.
1: <laughs> oh my god, you're so right. You know, it's so funny because when Alex came on, the movie that he talked about was The Abyss. Have you seen The Abyss? Mm-mm. It is like so similar. It's because it is another kind of natural disaster type thing and that they're underwater. I guess theirs is more about aliens, but the main through line is the two main characters have been divorced for an undisclosed amount of time and now they're stuck together and they have to work together again. And then they fall back in love because of all the fantastical things they go through together. And they're like (laughs) at the, by the end they're like, you know what? I guess we were a pretty good team. (laughs) It's
0: called drama bonding. (laughs) That's (laughs) what that is. Uh, That's what, okay.
1: Petition to remake Twister, but Jamie Gertz's character, who's a psychiatrist comes in at the end and she's like, you guys are not in love. You were just trauma bonding. (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh, did you hear? Did you hear that they're making a sequel? Yes, I did. Um
1: the director of Minari is directing it.
0: Yes, starring Daisy Edgar-Jones. <laughs> what? <Great. laughs> and okay, Glenn cool. Powell and RIP Anthony Ramos.
1: <laughs> yeah, RIP truly. Why not throw in Timothy Chalamet for good measure? Let's just get in a bunch of kind of hot people on Instagram and throw them into a movie.
0: <laughs> well, did you read up on um what Helen Hunt was trying to do before the no. sequel? So, Mm-mm. apparently, in 2020, Helen Hunt was trying to direct and star in a sequel of this, but basically... <sighs> I don't know how to put this without it sounding bad because you have this white woman director but she was like it was gonna have an all black brown cast all black <laughs> brown storm chasers and it was gonna really like tie into diversity
1: <laughs> like, you know you know who i've always thought was the best person to tell stories on race helen hunt every time i watch mad about you i'm like she is so woke <laughs> God bless her for being inclined, but you're correct. Okay, but get feelings. this.
0: Get this in who was tied to the screenplay? David Diggs. <laughs> what? <laughs> right? When I read that, I was like, you're lying. Oh my God.
1: That is wild. And this just like dissipated and gave way yeah, to a new one.
0: Apparently they, they didn't wanna green light it. But because <sighs> this whole new revamp, uh apparently Steven Spielberg was like, Oh, this seems like A lot better, and that was why Mm. they wanted to greenlight it.
1: Okay, interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wish I wish I could see every version of every movie. Like I know people can't just be throwing money at bullshit, but Mm -hmm. if I if I could pay a couple mil to see the Helen Hunt cut, (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure it would be bad, but I would love it.
0: No, yeah, for sure. Getting to see everyone's take.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, In terms of watching this movie on TV.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: how many times do you think you've seen it or like seen parts of it even on tv
0: i would say at least at least 20 times mm. at least 20 times that i've seen and it's never been in its entirety it's always been different scenes and they always happen to be the same <laughs> scenes
1: i was so that's one of my other questions <laughs> i ask does yes. it always seem like you click on the same scenes and if yes. so what yes
0: yes so one of the scenes that I feel like I always end up clicking on is when they're first introducing Dorothy, the little storm machine, whatever the cage is, the the information, and and then another scene is when the sensors are like picked up in that final tornado. I think mm-hmm. it are the two major, so they're always linked to Dorothy.
1: Yeah, big climactic moments in yeah. the movie. Which, by the way, what's your opinion on that final scene when the sensors get lifted? Because it's like triumphant, but it's so funny when the sensors get in there
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: it cuts back to the team and they're like, I'm getting so much data. And then it shows like a 3D model of a tornado. And I, I sat here to myself and said out loud, wow, it really is spinning. <laughs> like, what are you <laughs> learning? <laughs> it's
0: spinning in the shape of a cone of okay, course but, it is but actually though because obviously all tornadoes are different so what is gauging the inside of this specific tornado going to do for warning times for future tornadoes <laughs> they're not all going to come out the same way <laughs> There's just
1: something so comical to me of them all hunched over the computer and numbers and things popping up and they're just like, it's working! It's working! (laughs) And it's like the most lackluster fucking thing I've ever
0: seen. Okay, but how do these sensors not get wrecked? How do these sensors not like explode? Because everything else that gets sucked in becomes debris.
1: Yes, so true.
0: These little things withstand a tornado.
1: Yes, and also because partway through the film, they're, they realize they're having a hard time getting the tornado to pick up the sensors, mm-hmm. and so they create out of Pepsi cans, mm-hmm. drinking a diet pep right now, product um, placement. Little, <laughs> yeah, um, Pepsi Cola paid for this movie. Um, they mm-hmm. create little fans, aluminum fans to attach to the sensors so that it gets picked up because she notices the like windmill mm-hmm. at her aunt's house or whatever and mm-hmm. so it makes sense in theory but when those things snap right off
0: like as soon as they get in the tornado they're from a can i don't understand all of the science with tornadoes <laughs> but if this thing is light and flimsy i would assume it could get sucked in like isn't right? something heavier just like By gravitational pull, the exact opposite of being able to be lifted up easily. (laughs) So, like, why (laughs) were these little things just like, oh, can't can't get up, can't get
1: up? I would love, and I'm sure someone has done a video of this. Like, they used to do, I think it was Variety, where it's like, lawyer breaks down courtroom scenes. I would love for a meteorologist to, like, give their opinion on this film. Because I'm so curious if... It all sounds like bullshit to me, but maybe some of it's real, and I'm just clowning on it too hard. But it does seem like this is silly.
0: No, you're so right. There's gotta be. There's gotta be, or like someone whose job is literally breaking down disaster films and yes. all, and like debunking all of the things that they <laughs> that they claim could happen. <laughs> um.
1: So when you did this rewatch, I don't know. Were there any things that like? jumped out to you or things that you felt really passionate about on this rewatch or maybe things you forgot about
0: I mean something that I wanted to understand that I feel like wasn't clarified is why like what happened to her mom We didn't talk about what happened to her mom Yeah And then all of a sudden she's just checking in on her aunt like Yeah Did did her aunt take custody of her like was her mom just super dramatized by what happened that she couldn't parent her anymore that was like a big thing that I'm like, oh, that's the mom. No, actually, no, that's that's Aunt Meg. Yeah. So what happened to the mom?
1: That's so true. We don't even get a throwaway line. I don't think of like Mm-mm. they they literally could have been like, when my dad died, she drank herself to death or something, <laughs> or when my dad died, she split or something. But I don't. Even, they don't even give us that. Yeah. Right?
0: some f- They don't. They, it's just like open ended.
1: Wow. I know. That is so interesting. Very I did bizarre. Not catch that.
0: Very bizarre. Yeah. And then I think another part that was just so laughable was the intro to the antagonist of this movie. <laughs> when Bill Paxton like turns his head and he's like, Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> he's in it for the money, not the science. <laughs> I also laughed so hard at that line. I was like,
1: who the fuck cares you're you're accomplishing the same thing i was like this is not the theater <laughs> this is not dance being in it for the money has no bearing on what happens here like what what are you talking about i didn't know you could be a sellout in the weather community. <laughs> what it's played by carrie elwes too which somehow makes it even funnier because oh he's like such a charming looking man that he's supposed to be evil <laughs>
0: Yeah, I <laughs> And then he dies. Yeah. Honestly really morbid. Really morbid. The whole like the whole car gets sucked up, right? Mm-hmm. That he and his team are in? Yeah, well his him his driver gets impaled by a giant <gasps> yes! by like a tower thing. And then <laughs> and then the car just spins up and then the rest of the team is like <laughs> The rest of the team is watching <laughs> off like Oh shit, what do we do now?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and there's like a moment literally where Bill and Helen are in the car and they just kind of see that happen and they're like, damn. What? And then they just keep
0: going. They don't even stop. Bill Paston like has a little tantrum and then Helen Hunt is like, We did what we could (laughs) even though we literally watched. watched. (laughs) (laughs) We watched him die. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we did what we could, which was nothing.
0: Mhm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is so real. Um honestly, the biggest thing that I noticed upon rewatch since since I watched it like a year ago and we all know that this is not like my genre. I think this is a very fun movie, but I had so much more fun this time I watched it and it's because comparing this movie to the abyss which is so similar Mm. the abyss also has its like side characters that are on the team with the married couple sure but they don't have any like personalities really and that's like the biggest takeaway that i had from this viewing i was like you really are just like damn i want to be a part of that like i want to be friends with them Mm -hmm. i want to be on their team
0: Mm Mm-hmm. oh my gosh the whole squad philip seymour hoffman
1: yes alan
0: ruck yes (laughs) yes <laughs> like, what what a team
1: i know todd field is in this too which i guess he's part of the um the team but he's the director of tar
0: get out of here
1: what <laughs> yeah he he also had an acting career but you know he directed like three movies the one and maybe final of which that that hit it super big was tar recently but um yeah he had an acting career before he was a director um So it's kind of weird to see him pop up and stuff sometimes. Sure,
0: sure. It's like when people remind me that Greta Gerwig was also an actor. And I'm like, you mean Greta Gerwig, the director. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, no.
1: I totally feel that. Um, Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And you know what? That might be the biggest difference from the past time that you saw this movie. If you saw it last when you were like early teens, he might have still been alive.
0: Mm -hmm. When did he pass? uh 20... he passed in
1: 2014
0: yeah that was which wow. was going on 10 years ago right
1: that's crazy he like you know I'm uh, not saying anything new by saying that like, he's amazing <laughs> but it really is like incredible to see him in any movie even if you think it's like a silly movie even if Twister is not your thing he just lights up the fucking screen and is mm-hmm. so charming mm-hmm.
0: have you seen uh, Along Came Polly?
1: no! <laughs>
0: that's something that you should watch because um, it's him as Ben Stiller's be- best friend Yes, and um, yeah you're right he's just, he's just so likable he's mm-hmm. so likable even though he's supposed to be this like weirdo of their team mm-hmm. you're like what a fun guy He's
1: literally kind of creeping on Jamie Gertz the whole time. Like they, I think at one point are stuck in a car and he's like hitting on her or they're like, Hey, Hey, get away from her. Leave her alone. But you're like, let him get it in. Let him try to do it. He's so cute. Let the man live his life. (laughs) Let the player play. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. He's, he's so wonderful. I, here's my big question for you actually. Mm. What are your opinions on bill paxton do you think he's like hot no okay right sorry, i feel no. kind of Who said that well i think that's what they're trying to get us to think
0: like with that receding by him... hairline
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that blows in the tornado
1: priscilla said it not me i did not say that <laughs> honestly though like yeah i okay full disclosure i get him confused with um bill pullman all the time mm. yeah um the dad from casper as I lovingly refer to him. Um, But, like, I think Bill Pullman is, like, really charming and attractive and stuff. Um, I'm looking up a picture. I think you'll agree. You've seen him in something, I'm sure. He's in so much stuff. Um,
0: (gasps) Oh my gosh. He's Lead and While You Were Sleeping. Duh. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, he is charming. He's so cute, right? Yeah, he's a cutie in that.
1: Yeah, I just by virtue of them having the same first name last name starts with a P and their heydays were, like, the 90s. I get them confused in my head, but, like, kind of no contest. Like, I kind of don't understand. He, I'm pretty sure he was, like, a romantic leader, like, led a lot of movies in the 90s, and I just, like, don't get it. You yeah, know?
0: I think I told you this before, but I would always confuse him with Dennis Quaid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I get that, too.
0: <laughs> um, and... I couldn't tell you why, but I'd always mix them up. Um, but I feel like the only other thing, and I didn't watch this, but I, that I know knew him of was Big Love.
1: Yeah. I'm seeing that on his wiki now. I also have never seen Big Love, but it says he's in Titanic. Who is he in Titanic? Yeah. What? Okay, oh, duh, this. he's Brock Lovett, my dumbass. I never watched the interstitials. <laughs> he's <laughs> He's, like, you know, the guy at the beginning who's, like, the submarine. Yes. He's talking to the old woman.
0: (laughs) He's, like, the major guy of the other (laughs) storyline. Of the present-day storyline. Whenever they
1: cut back to the old lady, I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's get back to the real action.
0: Oh, my gosh, duh. I also, gosh, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but it was a movie that my... um, brother would watch a lot when we were younger because i think we had this movie on tape mighty joe young i have never seen that movie it's a it's about a mountain gorilla (laughs) (gasps) oh it's a disney yes yes the one about the wildlife preserve oh
1: and this gorilla
0: yeah charlie's theron yeah
1: that is wild yeah i sorry to this man like sorry to bill paxton but (laughs) i kind of anytime i see him in a I don't know, listeners, <laughs> weigh in. Is there, like, a Bill Paxton performance that we're missing here that's going to, like, unlock something as to why he was such a big star? Because, like, he's a competent actor. Like, I think he did a good job in Twister, but I also wasn't also... I feel like I was supposed to think he was hot, too. Because Helen Hunt mm-hmm. is looking fine in she this movie. Like looks Her hair is always perfect, even though she's always in a know, fucking she's tornado. She's chasing tornadoes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then... Like, and she's always wearing, like, a white tank, too. And mm-hmm. it's, like, perfect. She's not sweaty at all. Now, she why does she so change good.
0: out of a white tank and then back into another white tank? You know that <laughs> part where they're, like, like, halfway through, they're, like cleaning up and she just changes into another white tank and i'm like why
1: she's like this is all i own Mm -hmm. i don't care about fashion i just wear white tanks yeah so like because she's so hot in this movie and also jamie gertz is hot too you're kind of like why are they kind of fighting over this guy (laughs)
0: like why does everyone want him It must be his like intellect or his intelligence. I guess in I'd be
1: fighting over Philip Seymour Hoffman, that cutie. Mm-hmm. He should have been the lead.
0: <laughs> oh, can you imagine?
1: Oh, i I'd, I'd pay money to see that movie. So, do you have like a favorite part of this movie?
0: Yes, and I thought about this the second time I watched it through. It's like mm-hmm. keep an eye out for the part that you love. Yeah, <laughs> and it's. It's a little cheesy, but it's the part where they just save Aunt Meg. They just save her and she's in the ambulance and Joe's all like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, (laughs) I don't know how to figure this out. And Aunt Meg is like, I think you do. You've been doing, you've been chasing these things your whole life. You go, you go get them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was really like. Other than the scene where they like kinda get back together and Bill Paxton is like, You can't bring your dad back, which like we're we gonna let we her need to talk about that. that. <laughs> we're gonna talk about that
0: but a bit in that.
1: <laughs> but the the scene with her aunt definitely feels like one of the biggest emotional yeah. parts of the movie that it does actually hit, you know.
0: Well, I just feel like any authority figure in any other movie would most likely be like why are you chasing these things stop they're so dangerous Mm -hmm. and I couldn't tell you any other instance besides this where she's actually supportive and she's like no you go you go and do it
1: yeah totally Really, I think it's also like it's also like a woman thing it's nice that that scene is between two this Mm. movie passes the Bechdel test officially (laughs) yes because of this fucking scene Mm -hmm. where Uh, an elder woman encourages a younger woman like you're doing good and you just need to keep going like i'm proud of you you're amazing like trust that you know what you're doing Ooh,
0: Mm -hmm. it's really sweet it's really sweet yeah
1: my favorite part upon rewatch it's also it's maybe the silliest scene in the movie but it's when it's like the first time they all pack up and get into the cars and everything and they're driving and they're all listening to different music and then it all fades together in this weird little symphony Mm -hmm. oh my god it's like it's so good and so fun and i feel like it puts the audience at ease that it's like okay we're allowed to like sit back and have fun with this movie and it's allowed Mm. to be to be silly even though it's about like It's a disaster movie, and it's about destruction, and people are going to die. Like, we assume that going in, and so I feel like it allows us as an audience to, like, have fun Mm. and allow ourselves to relax
0: a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. It's so fun. No, that makes sense. There's also a couple of the times when they're packing up their stuff. Like, when they're packing up their stuff, leaving Aunt Meg's the first time, and um, when they're going to chase the last tornado, it's so sporadic and crazy but there's this like you're supposed to feel the adrenaline almost and the way that Mm -hmm. that's communicated by the camera and just everyone's energy is so fun
1: yeah I feel like this movie has great editing because you feel like you're a part of the team and you always anytime the mood switches where they're like we heard one's coming we gotta go like (laughs) someone always picks something up on the radio like Yeah. yeah the the editing does a great job of keeping the urgency there in, like, a very fun way. Yeah, yeah. In my notes about the car scene, I wrote, is this car scene with the music the first ever mashup? Eat your heart out, Ryan Murphy. (laughs) They invented the mashup. (laughs) And Ryan Murphy should pay them royalties.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The way they mashed up Oklahoma with, like, one of them was listening to Mozart, and then someone else was listening to, like, rock music. It was... It was tight. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a least favorite part of this movie?
0: Let me check my notes.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say the part where he's
0: like, your dad's dead. He's never oh my gosh, coming yes, back. Yes. I have it written here. <laughs> I have it written as Bill being like, forget it, y'all. Forget it. <laughs> okay. First of all, if you listen to that scene, like close your eyes and just listen to that scene they sound like the same soundbite, just used over and over, which makes me question like how ADR was done at this time, because yeah. there's this moment where Helen Hunt keeps on being like, "Help me, help me, <laughs> help me!" like pick up all the sensors, and I swear her intonation sounds the exact same like three times in it. a row. Yeah, and they just like looped it. Oh. Very curious. Watch that scene back and tell me what you think. But um, that. <laughs> That whole scene, it's just so hard to take a lot of the the dramatic uh, family, personal relationships beneath this whole high-stakes scenario seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we're just shoving in this fact that internally she's, she's trying to face this trauma head-on. <laughs> and he's like, it translated into our marriage, can't you see? I was here, I was here for you.
1: Oh, God. And yeah. then
0: to make it even more dramatic, the entire team got to hear that, including his fiance, because the yes. radios were on.
1: Oh, my God. That was like, yeah, that might be Miley's favorite part, too. And it's a trope that is definitely a huge thing in movies of like. This, if you succeed, it's never going to bring that person back. Like, they're mm. still gone or whatever, and mm-hmm. this trauma is forcing you to hurt yourself or whatever, but there's something annoying when it's a man saying that to a woman.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I totally get what you mean. This is kind of like... And I think that's why, like you had pointed out with Aunt Meg, like, it's so much more genuine when you have these two women doing it, whereas mm-hmm. he's like... I don't understand how you can be like it was me, I was here and you're the one that wants to divorce her. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we didn't flush out the details of that. We didn't flush out the details of how they like ended up separating. It really was
1: like unclear as mm-hmm. to like who initiated that and why because it does seem like she cared too much about the storm chasing, but then we find out that that's like what he loves about her too. Oh and so my god! So it's gosh. like pick a lane. What? Mm-hmm.
0: And I just remembered now when she has that conversation with her aunt in the room after she's getting mm-hmm. ready, and her aunt's all like, "He's the one who, who broke his promise to be there mm-hmm. for you, like yeah, through, like thick and thin." Essentially, is what she's saying. And it's like, okay, so why are we trying to put it back that it's her fault because she can't move on?
1: yes it's a moment where you want to like pause the movie and just be like can we just get a fucking rundown of like how this divorce even happened because everybody's saying different shit and all the stories don't seem to match
0: they had to have trimmed some stuff because they were like, "Crap, we have seven tornadoes going on. We don't want to cut we don't want to cut any of these tornadoes, so we're going to have to cut all the personal storylines." Like this thing's an hour 45. You could easily like tack on the extra 15 minutes to make it a 2 mm-hmm. hour and at mm-hmm. least give us a little more meat on that relationship.
1: Yes. I'm sorry to, you know, meteorologists come at come after me like for saying this, but <laughs> Am I insane that almost no tornado is as powerful as they show it in the in the movie?
0: <laughs> in real life,
1: in real life, they like they it seems like every single tornado they encounter, even some where they're like it's an F3, which means it's like medium tornado or whatever, mm-hmm. they're all like world destroyers. And like I feel like the thing about tornadoes, what you learn when you live in a tornado area is that mm-hmm. the dangerous part of a tornado is very rarely that it's so strong that it's just going to like suck the roof off of something or, or suck up things that are attached to the ground. Mm. It's that it would snap off a tree limb and that hits your house or like mm. it would pick up debris off the ground and that would hit your house and that's what would harm your house. And so the fact that it's just always picking up cars, like that's a very, that's like an F5, I think. I don't think every tornado can pick up a fucking car, you know? We
0: should have had a meteorologist on this <laughs> on this episode just so they could give us all the facts.
1: We should have. And I, I feel bad saying this because like, you know, we grew up in the Midwest. We did not grow up in Oklahoma. Like we didn't grow up in Tornado Alley, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt like growing up, tornadoes were actually not, that big of a deal and even when they did create damage it was very rare that they destroyed like an entire house Mm. or even like more than one house you know what i mean
0: see i feel like this movie is what made me really freaked out by tornadoes this movie as a kid that every time i'd get a tornado warning uh in our house i would think like oh my gosh is this a day where like i get sucked in (laughs) Is this the day where, like, half my family disappears? (laughs) Oh, my God, yeah. Because,
1: like, according to this movie, you're not even safe in your house because Mm -hmm. your house, like, parts of your house can just get sucked up into the tornado. And it's like, that's not true. That's, like, categorically not true. (laughs) I was afraid of tornadoes as a kid because my dad had, like, big storm trauma as a child like mm. when he was a kid um there was a tornado and a branch from a tree above their house crashed into their bedroom and it fell right on his brother's bed <gasps> and would have killed him oh my god if his brother hadn't snuck out of his room to watch tv like at midnight
0: wow
1: yeah and so everyone was fine but it was like this you know near-death thing in oh my, my dad's gosh. childhood it's and so terrifying yeah and so like growing up <laughs> My dad was always so freaked out all the time. Anytime there was like a tornado warning, we would always have to go to the basement. And then if it was like, you know, sometimes they'd be in the middle of the night and it was like your parents or whoever would kind of just have to monitor their phones or or watch, keep the weather channel on to see if they actually had to go to the basement. But my dad had a weather radio which is the worst because if you've ever heard those like test sounds that they do on TV where it's like, meh, meh, this mm-hmm. is a test. It's like the most nerve wracking shit. And so he would have that on all night if there was like a tornado warning and I could hear it from my room and it would oh wake me gosh. up and I'd just be like,
0: this is really scary. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's that's crazy.
1: Yeah. But like literally nothing bad has ever There have been tornadoes that have, like, passed right around us or whatever. And we've never had any kind of damage from a storm even at all at my house. So I don't know. It was truly just my dad's anxiety rubbing off on me, you know?
0: Oh, Jim.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jim. Jim, you're going to be okay. It, It is super fun, though. Like, growing up in the Midwest, kind of knowing that tornadoes are not that big of a deal and knowing how to monitor them. Like if you're not in the path, you can chill out, and you'll know within like thirty minutes whether or not you're in the path.
0: Oh my gosh! Wait, did you have the the Tuesday ten a.m. the Tuesday ten a.m. practices? Ours, is,
1: ours was Wednesday at noon.
0: Really? My, yeah, but the siren. Tuesday sirens? at ten a.m. Yeah, a little a little practice siren every time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Oh my god! They, and they only did that. I want to say like in the spring and summer. Like they don't do it all year, right?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. You might be right. You might be right that it was more like spring, summer, fall, because I can't recall listening to that during the winter.
1: Yeah. I know April is like tornado month or whatever. So that's when we would have to do like drills in school. Remember doing that? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Also, how lucky were we? Not to get really fucking sad with this podcast, but how lucky (laughs) were we that like we had tornado drills? We never, I had never had like an active shooter drill in school at all. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, yeah. Never. That's that's actually really crazy to know that that's like becoming more of a norm right now.
1: Yeah. And that kids are doing basically what we did, which is like going into hiding places and like doing duck and cover or whatever. But either they're being told that it's for active shooter or the teachers are. I know at some ages they kind of just say we're having an emergency situation drill or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah we were definitely like right on the tail end of that where we never had to experience any of that in school
0: oh my gosh the when I was TAing at shy arts there was a day where I couldn't get into the building because they were doing an active shooter drill and mm. it like ended right at three thirty, which is when I was supposed to start the class um and I remember at the time because like I'm going to be real. I didn't check my email for that for that job until I was sitting in the classroom. <laughs> when I was sitting in the classroom, that was my time to check my email time. And so I was waiting outside ringing the doorbell multiple times being like, "Hello, is anyone going to let me in?" Meanwhile, like all the kids are just prepping for like literally the worst scenario that could ever happen.
1: Yeah. And you're like, "Um, you're <laughs> let to teach me theater. in." theater. <laughs>
0: Um, Shakespeare, Shakespeare waits for no one. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh,
1: um, moving away from that sad reality. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite performance in this movie?
0: Ah, oh, it's got to be Philip. It's yeah. got to be. It's got to be. Even his like opening when you first see him and he's all like the extreme, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and the fact that his name is Dusty. Like I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> dusty
1: (laughs) dusty oh my god yeah it's it it just can't be overstated how every time he came on screen like a smile was on my face Mm. he's just so fucking charming
0: you know i feel like too and (laughs) pulling in our actor actor aspects of our of ourselves it can be really hard to just act normal if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. you're acting but you're just kind of like joking around with people and there's something about it that i feel like you can get into your head versus if you're like playing a character and he makes being goofy seem so natural like being like this goofy silly person not feel forced in any way
1: yeah you're totally right he's not like he's doing some like pretty crazy Shit, but it's it never feels over the top. Mm-hmm. It never feels overdone in any way. It just feels so effortless, and it feels like a guy you've met before in mm-hmm. your life.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally.
1: Do you have a least favorite performance in this movie?
0: Let me see. Oh, honestly, and I don't even think this tributes to the performance. It just tributes to the the way the character is written. But her dad. <laughs> oh my God. god bless a him he gets, he gets sucked into a tornado but dude you <laughs> you freaking asked for it you, you held on to that door you didn't have to hold on to that door and like i just found him to be like his part thinking through the movie was the most annoying that's not really like that's more of a character thing than anything Not no really that. it's it's also just funny too like
1: I don't know because that occurs so early in the movie,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I guess the the death of any parent, regardless of like if they were like a good parent or not, is always going to be traumatic. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we didn't even get some kind of interaction between the two of them that made us care about their relationship, mm, yeah. and then that's like the crux of her entire character oh is gosh. that her dad died and it's really just this guy we've seen for 10 seconds be an idiot at the beginning of the movie
0: oh my gosh this is so out of left field but i'm gonna bring up a cinderella story right now because oh. <laughs> that is like a perfect example of like tragedy
1: tragedy mm-hmm.
0: takes my father but we spent yeah. at least the first what five minutes of the movie establishing that her dad was the most important person in the world to her yes so like you said it's it's like what what did you even yes. have a relationship with your dad, or was he just always working the farm
1: while you were? <laughs> was was he just a guy that was willing to let your dog die?
0: <laughs> that speaks more to his character.
1: <laughs> he literally, he literally failed like the save the cat test. He did not save the dog. Oh, red flag! He had a choice.
0: <laughs> Huge red flag.
1: Yeah, I think that's a pretty good choice. Like, what about for of- you? Yeah, what about for you? I guess this is also like similarly structure based but there were some characters that just felt like so underutilized or like i didn't get enough of them and therefore they might as well not even been there mm. um i kind of felt that way about carrie elwes not that he did like a bad job as the villain mm-hmm. but i was like i don't know it's it's like they didn't even need a villain like th- tornado's yeah. the villain. <laughs> <laughs> what is it it,
0: man versus nature if you're talking about conflicts yeah
1: yeah they literally didn't need him at all and we have like maybe three short scenes with him and then he gets sucked in the tornado and it just felt like when he died it was like why was he even in this script like okay like i didn't care if he lived or died i didn't care if they beat him or if he won because they're all working
0: for the same thing ultimately but yeah that's so true that's so so i guess that's more
1: of a of a writing thing but I guess him and... I don't know. Maybe it's because Helen Hunt is so charming and I feel like she does such a good job in this movie that I felt like anyone could have played the Bill Paxton role.
0: Mm. It didn't
1: feel like it had to be him for any reason. Mm. I didn't feel any times as an audience member why they loved each other and, like, why they had chemistry other than the trauma bonding of it all, of, like, they do this thing together, but he's not especially, like charming or (laughs) funny or like there's no big characteristics about him that make him like a very interesting Mm. protagonist
0: yeah no that's very true i feel like let me i'm interested to hear what you'll have to say about this because they they have this like little backstory about him of of why they call him the extreme and it's supposed to be like the origin of how joe and bill met (laughs) ironically his name is also bill in the in the movie
1: what was it i i vaguely remember that it's that he did something insane and then the new girlfriend is like that was you and he was like no that was the past me i killed him or whatever
0: yeah it was he was like i honestly couldn't even really tell you what It was so vague, but apparently he, they were looking at a storm and he like throws his drink into the storm, but he's also naked. I couldn't, like, the explanation (laughs) of this is so weird that Uh I, even watching it twice, I'm still like, I don't understand how they met. Yeah. I don't understand what attracted them to each other.
1: Yes, definitely. And it also, that totally reads to me as like telling instead of showing mm. that it's like well this is why this guy's so cool and all his friends like him mm-hmm. but other than we never see any of that we never see any of the reason that they're like yeah he's back it's like mm-hmm. okay he just seems like a kind of nondescript
0: guy Again, if these people treat Joe like she's their number one, this entire squad is like, Joe is our fearless leader. Why do all of them love Bill so much when he left right? her? When he left her. Yeah, it
1: would definitely be more realistic for them to ice him out at first and be like, you fucked with Joe. Like,
0: <laughs> at, least, at least one person even. It doesn't have to even be all of them. There's got to be at least one person. Even her Aunt Meg, who later on says he's the one that like, gave up or whatever is still like billy like he's the first person that she acknowledges when they Mm -hmm. arrive for lunch
1: that's so real and that feels like such a movie convention to me where it's like the family that always loved the ex Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. and they never stopped loving that person it's like (laughs) that's like maybe 1% of the time does that ever happen in real life. Normally, yeah. your family would be on your fucking side and you would have told your aunt about whatever bullshit he did to you. And so he'd show up and she'd be like, the fuck are you doing on my porch? <laughs> Get off my property. <laughs> you hurt my niece. Yeah. Do you have any other stray observations or, or things that you noticed on this last viewing or or just general feelings about Twister?
0: I don't think so. I mean, it goes to show that so many just a general observation about disaster film structure, that they're all so similar that they all fall fond- mm. it's very formulaic, like just like, you know, a Marvel movie or, um, I feel like those two are just <laughs> very, very clearly have a structure that is followed every time. And yes. is this what other, other than Titanic? Have you seen any other disaster films?
1: I don't know that I could name you one.
0: Did you see 2012? Uh,
1: no. When that
0: came out? When everyone thought the world was going to end in no. 2012? Yeah,
1: I, I remember when it came out. I did not see it, though.
0: What about... Uh, no. day- I didn't
1: see, like, War of the Worlds, or, like, Day After Tomorrow, or San Andreas. I remember when that came out. It This might be the only disaster movie I've ever seen.
0: I think you should... Pick one of those. Give it a little watch. Honestly, watch San Andreas because that one I feel like is also very clearly like Dwayne (laughs) Dwayne the Rock Johnson and um, his wife, who I'm I'm forgetting her name, and I hate Carla something, who is the mom in Spy Kids.
1: Is it Gugino?
0: Thank you. Um, (laughs) They're estranged. They're an estranged married couple. And okay. this big natural disaster happens. Their wife is Alexand- Alexandra Daddario, or Alexandria Daddario. What mm-hmm. is it? And uh, the whole thing is, like, them trying to get together as a family, because everyone's in different parts of the city when this all happens. <laughs> and they're trying to... Oh, because she's about to get remarried. She's about to get remarried as well. But then okay. her, her guy freaking abandons her abandons her daughter right when the whole catastrophe happens or like the first quake Mm -hmm. or whatever. And when she calls, she, like, calls him to leave a message being, like, you never talk to me ever again, basically. And the dude straight up died. Like, the dude ended up, like, falling into the cracks or something, or, like, getting run over by a crowd. I don't know. He ends up dying. (laughs) But point being that it's, like, almost the exact same, just the difference being plates, earth plates and such.
1: Yeah, I... I'm inclined to watch, I just looked up like very briefly to see if any of these would jog my memory, disaster movies. And I've never seen Armageddon. And I know that that's like a huge one, right? That movie was like a big deal.
0: I just watched that this year. I watched it in January because my uh, I was at a family party and they wanted to put it on. And I, I even then I was like, what is this obsession with disaster movies? That movie, get the premise of this. There's well, some there's an asteroid, right? There's an asteroid, but they have to bring along these these oil these oil drillers to drill the asteroid because they're the most <laughs>
1: because they can drill the best oh they can drill the best out of anybody
0: and so they have to do like crash course astronaut school and, and go oh, into space we got ben affleck we got Liv tyler it's really silly and the cgi Bruce Willis, right yes yeah, so the cgi is horrendous it is horrendous i mean oh granted God. that movie was huge like it was huge when it came out but re-watching it, even my dad was describing like this movie when it came out, like it was it was nuts. <laughs> like people loved this movie. <laughs> Watching it, I'm like, why? Why? Was it like at least silly enough that you could enjoy that aspect of it? Or I mean Owen Wilson and Steve Buscemi are also in it. And they're like kind of funny characters in the in the movie. <laughs> You can't, and everything that could go wrong goes wrong, of course, as Mm -hmm. most do. (laughs) Honestly, just watch it. I'm very interested to hear what you think of
1: it. It's yeah, it's definitely on my list because I know it's like a huge cultural Mm. Mm -hmm. thing. And then I did just also realize that maybe the only other disaster movie I've seen is Dante's Peak.
0: Mm. It it. is a
1: it's a volcano movie with Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton. Oh my. And we watched it in school.
0: What? Why? Yeah, were we, you studying or were you studying volcanoes?
1: Yeah, it was like eighth grade science class, and we were learning about rocks and shit. I don't know, and and volcanoes. And as some kind of like reward for like maybe the end of the semester or the end of the year, we got to watch Dante's Peak. And this was like my least favorite teacher I ever had. She was not a good teacher and stressed me out and was just kind of mean. <laughs> I did not like her. And so when we were watching this movie, she'd pause it every once in a while to be like, do you remember? This is the thing they're talking about that we learned about. And we were all like, shut oh the fuck up. Like, keep the she kept stopping the flow of the movie to be like, do you remember when we learned about this? That like the acidity in the water near the volcanoes, it goes up. <laughs> and it's like shut the fuck up we're trying
0: to watch the movie. That is so annoying. <laughs> that is so annoying. It's like I today's a movie day. So I plan on not having to go over anything or learn and like I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to yes. watch the movie.
1: Yeah, totally. It's like come on if this is the reward you say it is then shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I am curious because you picked this movie. Mm -hmm. But it seemed like the other movies you were waffling between were all Disney (laughs) stuff, right? And like animated movies.
0: Well, yes. Before you even get into that, though, I will say another movie that I almost chose for this was Jumanji. (gasps) Mm -hmm.
1: I have never seen all of Jumanji. Excuse me? (laughs) I have seen it. I've seen chunks of it on ABC Family, now Freeform. But I have never seen all of Jumanji. It kind of freaked me out as a kid.
0: Oh, when when he gets sucked in and his fingers like morph. I feel like that's one of yeah. the, like the biggest uh scenes that I would always like jump to when I would click on the movie. But uh-huh. I almost chose that one, just a little a just one. a little interjection. But I you would need to watch that movie. I can't believe you haven't seen that.
1: I know. Maybe uh maybe for season 2 you can come back on and pick that one. <laughs> but if not that, you were maybe going to pick like a Disney movie?
0: Yeah, most likely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you, yeah. are you asking which one it would have been? Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Like, Disney... there's so many categories we could go into here. Like, Disney Channel, Disney Disney Pixar, Disney...
1: I would love to know if you if you had to pick a Disney Channel original movie, which one you would want to talk about.
0: You know, I remember when we were talking about this when I was trying to choose a film that I was waffling between, um, like, one of the High School Musicals or one of the Cheetah Girls movies, but honestly, like... The first thing that's coming into my mind right now is smart house. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, that, smart house. That was such a good. I remember being so mad at the end of that movie that it all ended up being like a sham, or like the whole like hologram mom because the house gets too attached to the kids. Because in actuality, mm-hmm. like that was super cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, I remember like one of the. It's like a brother and a sister, and the mm-hmm. sister is younger. And I think each of them, a wall in their room becomes a screen, yes! and they can watch whatever they want yes! and like play music. Yeah, uh, yes,
0: super cool, super cool. Yeah. And th- like the whole thing is that they do they win the house or are they just like using the house for like a period of time? I
1: think they win it somehow because it's I think it's going to be their new house. Like they're moving in forever. Mm-hmm. And I also remember they like throw a party to yes. like a bonkers party. And then it's like, OK, house, clean the
0: house so my parents don't find out. It was
1: like such a perfect kid fantasy.
0: OK, the the middle school age guys like <laughs> watching this boy band on the screen and they're like doing their moves with them do you yeah, remember that scene i do oh my god that is so cute oh my god oh my gosh yeah and this is one of those movies that you know i've always been someone that like would always stay up um, never a morning person always a night person and so mm-hmm. this is one of those movies that I swear at least once a week they would always play at like 11 o'clock after like the one primetime movie yeah. this would always be one that I'd kind of just be sifting through
1: yeah definitely and it stars Katie Seagal from like Futurama and, and Married with Children and stuff it's always fun when a decom manages to snag like a real actor
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well what's his name the guy who plays the kid
1: Ryan what? Merriman
0: hmm i'm trying to see if i'm remembering this correctly he's in luck yeah. of the irish he was in pretty little liars <laughs> <laughs> the way our our, our roads diverged <laughs> <laughs> um, which i only watched two seasons of but but he played a pretty big character for like at, at least for sure the first couple seasons
1: wow oh my god good for him Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I do feel like, and there's there's podcasts completely dedicated to Disney Channel original movies, but I just never get sick about talking about them because there's so many of them. And mm-hmm. it says so much about people, like what their favorite is and and the different eras of them too. They've been making them for over 20, 30 years now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's like crazy to think that that's the reign of DCOMs.
0: Oh my gosh. You know, today... <laughs> My brother and I went swimming today, and he brought up Lemonade Mouth, <laughs> which I know like you and Jacqueline always talk about, like that was part of the era that your older siblings were like watching Disney Channel isn't cool anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though that's kind of like a little bit past our time when we were already like going into high school, it's a really wholesome movie. <laughs> that movie. Anytime I try to describe that movie, it's Camp Rock meets Breakfast Club. <laughs> <laughs> but now when my brother had brought that up I was like what's even good now on Disney channel maybe because yeah. we're so much older we're so far from like far removed from what's airing now but there's so much I feel like half the time I have for you peach on TikTok is like the best era of Disney. <laughs> and it's always like screenshots of um, the old uh, emblems and commercial yeah. commercial break sounds and, you know, "Sweet yeah. Life, That's So Raven, Lizzie McGuire clips.
1: I do feel like an old curmudgeon being like, back in my day, Disney Channel used to be good. But like, it's kind of undeniable, the stuff that they were putting out was really good quality and didn't try so hard to like cater to everybody like it was firmly for kids yeah a lot of it was like kid fantasy stuff that it's like what if me and my brother lived in a hotel like it's so (laughs) fucking cool and then like phineas and ferb with like the original music and shit like that was a good show categorically a really good cartoon
0: (laughs) yes oh my gosh (sighs) yeah the just all the songs too Like, someone starts playing one of the songs, and you're like zapped into that time. Be like, oh my gosh. I like loved summer because it was like Disney Channel summer. Disney (laughs) Channel. Marathons every day. Yes. Oh my gosh. The real Olympics.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The only Olympics I cared about. Disney Channel games. I'm pretty sure all of that stuff's on Disney Plus now, right? The Disney Channel games. and Is it? I don't know. I, it used to be, I think, at least like a year ago, because I remember hearing that it was mm-hmm. and being like, oh, I got to watch that this summer
0: you know what I want? I want a documentary on the the tea and the drama that was happening behind the scenes of the Disney Channel games. Because you know for a fact that putting all those Disney Channel stars together in one place for, like, what, a month straight, doing these these televised uh, competitions just called for havoc.
1: Yes, and now- (laughs) hearing stories from the few of those stars who have been like yeah here's what was actually happening the like whistleblowers. they're all fucking on drugs the whole time they're all like 16 and doing coke oh my and, like gosh. making out with each other and then they have to go slide down like a bouncy slide <laughs> the next day in the heat what a nightmare can you imagine oh
0: heck no oh,
1: those poor kids those poor kids someday we'll know the whole truth behind all that stuff <laughs> someday 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 well this has been wonderful having you on here i close with the same question every time which is what's like a contemporary movie that if cable and watching cable was still a thing for this generation of kids coming of age that you think would be a good tv movie for kids to discover
0: oh man for kids (laughs) for anybody
1: i mean you watched twister when you were five This
0: this is so true well, because the first thing, I really at first had a hard time with this question because I was like, oh, I don't know what, what's like a big like blockbuster movie. And then I feel like it hit me in the face today when I was going over this question again. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and this obviously catering to my taste, duh, Crazy Rich Agents. <laughs>
1: I fucking knew you were going to say that movie. I knew it.
0: You I should have it. You should have a card. You should have a card where you write down what you think. And then at, you're going to say it when I turn the card. And that would have been like a psychic, like, holy fuck. You like know me so well kind of moment.
1: That totally is like the perfect, like every episode now I have brought up E! Movies We Love, the block that shows movies. And I can just so firmly picture Crazy Rich Asians being on E! At any given time. And it's like... They show the best rom-coms and, like, movies for women in that block. And Mm -hmm. it would fit so perfectly in there.
0: Yes. Yes. I also just think, I feel like it's one of those movies, too, that would, it would play on HBO. It would play Mm. on, like, the WB, assuming that they would, you know, because Warner Brothers owning it. So they would totally air it on, like, as many channels as possible, especially with how big it was when it came out.
1: Completely. That is a great, that's a great choice. That's a really good one.
0: Thank you, thank you. And I think, I don't know, I think it's also comforting to know that there's rom-coms within the last five years that, you know, because when I was was introduced to the rom-com, you know, they were all, I love them to death, I'll always have a soft spot for 13 Going on 30 and Jennifer Garner, but none of the rom-coms in the early 2000s had any people of color, are you kidding? Or like the late 90s, none of them. Maybe Just Married, which Just Married came out, what? Like maybe two thousand four, two thousand five, maybe some at some point, and that was um, Zoe Saldana. But Mm. other than that, I feel like there aren't, or well, I guess there there are some rom coms that I haven't seen, like like Brown Sugar, which I think is Tay -Tay Diggs, and like Love. (laughs) No, you're right. Why am I asking you this? Um,
1: (laughs) You're asking the whitest girl (laughs) that ever lived.
0: Brown Sugar, Love and Basketball. Like there are a couple of like the late nineties, but. I think I'm you're just- totally
1: right, though, that that was, like, an entirely different market. Like, there's, mm. there's rom-coms, and then there's, like, the black rom-com. It seems like there's a, there's an entirely different production company that made those movies, and they don't even try to market them yeah. to everybody. Because they're like, what white people would want to <laughs> see black people in a movie? No, that's so <laughs>
0: true. Well, even just now thinking, like, there there certainly wasn't an Asian rom-com or like, (laughs) or even a, I think the closest thing being made in Manhattan because JLo is in like most of them, maybe (laughs) like she was the like Latina to cast. So yeah, definitely, definitely having the, the knowledge that there's someone out there, little me who gets to watch a rom-com and discover her love of rom-coms with Mm -hmm. a full Asian cast. Yes. That's, like, really heartwarming.
1: Yeah. It makes me sad, the death of, like, Cable too, because, I mean, Crazy Rich Asians very well could be, for those rare people who do have Cable, could very well be on TV right now. Mm -hmm. But then I think about another Priscilla favorite, Always Be My Maybe, another... You know, so astonishing good. Asian-led rom-com that is a Netflix film, so it would yes. never air on TV, which is like such a bummer.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, is. watch Always <laughs> Be maybe, Movie if you haven't seen it right now. <laughs> you got Randall Park. You got Ali Wong. Like you're mm-hmm. in for laughs. You yeah. You have Keanu Reeves. For everybody. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's a good and it's a, it. and it's a tight ninety like what more can you ask for oh
1: the best the best anytime anyone's like want to watch this movie and I'm like eh they're like it's 90 minutes yes (laughs) I'll watch any 90 minute movie
0: (laughs) oh my gosh yeah
1: um before we completely finish, do you have mm-hmm. anything that you would like to plug? Like any of your social medias or your letterboxed
0: <laughs> or anything? What even is my letterboxed name? <laughs> I think it's the same as my Instagram. Salamadi. Letterboxed. Hold on. Yep, Salamadi. That's C-I-L-L-A-M-A-R-I-I. Amazing. Uh check check that out. That's I think that's really the only social media I use is Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram cuz lord knows I don't post anything on TikTok. <laughs> 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 Add me on Snapchat with my with my RIP Instagram handle Priscilla. Oh my god.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, the old days. Yeah. The old days. Uh yeah, go follow Priscilla on Letterboxd for all her hot takes, all her correct takes on movies. <laughs> um and thank you so much for being on. This was wonderful. Ah,
0: thanks for having me. This is so much fun. I Always love talking movies. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And for, um, for those of you out there that can answer the question for us as to why Bill Paxton is a star, please let us know. We will be waiting for your answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the clock's ticking. <laughs>